0: So yesterday, when I was uh, preparing for Mass, Deacon Randy and I were in the sacristy, and I said, "I was." I had, we had a little debate. I said, "I think that this is one of the hardest gospels to preach on," and he was like, "Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's, it's kind of weird, but at the same time, all the readings go together. Did you notice that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I noticed that." And basically, if you look at all the readings, the idea is is that the Catholic Church is to be. Christ's church is to be the universal church, right? It's open to everybody Jews, Gentiles alike. And for the record, all of you are Gentiles, I think, right? Anybody have any Jewish heritage in there? Okay, we have one. The rest of us are are Gentiles. So, as, but, but, you know, so he was arguing that he's like, well, you got this theme that runs through it. And I'm like, yeah, but the problem is, is that Jesus calls a woman a dog. Did you catch that? You don't look shocked enough. Like, he. He says to her that she is a dog. How do we reconcile Jesus of the New Testament, right? Loving, compassionate, forgiving, open to all, to this gospel passage? I mean, it would be like if you came up to me, let's say you were Protestant, right? Because I'm a Catholic priest. And you were like, hey, Father, can you come and pray for my son who is sick and on the point of death? And the first thing I do is I don't pay any attention to you. I give you the silent treatment. And then you're like, no, 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 no but seriously. Will you please come and pray for my son who's dying? And I'm like, look, I'm a Catholic priest. I was sent only to the Catholics. Leave me alone. No, but seriously, please come and pray for my son. He's on the point of death. And I'm like, listen, you dog. I'm not coming. Again, like, right? That would be awful. So what are we to make of this? Because here's the crazy part too. You have she when she cries out to him, she says, Lord, son of David. Remember, she's a Gentile, she's not a Jew. And she refers to him by his rightful Jewish title. Son of David, that was the Messiah. And it's at this point in Matthew's gospel when the Jewish people are beginning to turn on him. So he's surrounded by non believers, and this woman who's seemingly got the most faith of them all comes up and says, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me and heal my daughter. And he responds in silence, then rejection, and then flat out a rebuke. And she must have been persistent because the, even the apostles are like, Lord, send her away. She's annoying. You know, what? I think scripture scholars, I was reading about this because it's a very confusing Bible passage as far as I'm concerned. I still hold to the fact it's one of the hardest ones to preach on. But scripture scholars said that if you look at the word Jesus uses for dog, it could be in certain contexts understood as puppy. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) Now I feel good about this. I feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. Because I'm not a rabid dog according to Jesus. I'm a, a warm, fuzzy, little stupid dog. How do you reconcile this? It was driving me nuts. The only thing I can come up right now is just. It was, it's perseverance. It's perseverance. No matter what you're going through. No matter what struggle. You don't give up. And you might sit back and be like, well, what kind of God do we have? This God that plays with us, right? Messes with us until his lust for faith is satiated. And then and only then will he give you what you desire. What kind of God is that? John Henry Newman said that things grow by opposition. What he meant by that is you and I don't grow. If you look at different aspects of our lives, like just, I mean, simple building muscle. I mean, how do you build muscle? You have to lift. And you can't just keep lifting the same amount of weights. you got to get bigger and bigger and bigger, right? If you want bigger muscles. Baseball player, like if you got a, a young kid who's an incredible pitcher, you got to put him up against harder and harder and harder batters, right? Even though it might hurt his feelings, you have to do it if you want him to be great. If you want him to be pathetic, give him whatever he wants. If you want him to be great, push him. Test him. And out of that comes the greatest of all the athletes. I remember, you remember when Michael Jordan tried to play baseball? It was kind of an epic failure. But he went after that, just like he went after basketball. And they said there were times that he would come out of the batting cages And his batting gloves were torn and his hands were bleeding. That's testing. That's being pushed to greatness. And if we find it in baseball, we find it in weightlifting, we find it in every aspect of human life, we shouldn't be surprised to find it in the area of the spiritual life. It's a fact for humanity. In order to be great, you must be pushed, you must be tested. You know, I played soccer for 20 years, 20 plus, and in all humility, I was pretty good. But I was pushed, and I hated it. My coaches pushed me and pushed me and pushed me and tested me. They put me in the hardest situations. Why? Because they knew out of that I would become a great player. And so when you are met with silence in in your prayer life the things that you're asking for when you're met with rejection with rebuke from God what you feel rejoice because he's calling you to greatness if he left us in comfort he would not be a good father just like any of you fathers here know if you leave your child in comfort give them anything they want they turn out pathetic lazy lazy entitled so why does God test us because he's calling us to greatness I think I've quoted it before but it's worth quoting again in the Lord of the Rings my favorite book and movie ever made if you haven't seen it you should in one part Eowyn who is the daughter to the king she wants to go and fight because they're ready for this big epic battle and her father says you will not fight the fighting is for the men. You will lead these people. And she's mad, because she's a good fighter, maybe even better than some of the men or the soldiers. And as they're preparing for battle and she's saddling up a horse, Aragorn, who will become the great king, she sees it, or he sees her hide a sword right underneath the saddle of this horse and he comes over to her and he says to her, my lady, you cannot fight and she looks at him with fire in her eyes and she's like I fear no man which I like I like that and he says to her he says then what do you fear my lady and she says this I fear a cage I fear being locked up until all chance for honor and glory and valor are gone And I die of old age in my bed, having done nothing great. We live in quite possibly the most selfish and the most comfortable country in the world. Men and women are locked in a cage of comfort and convenience. And that's why we have very little valor and virtue, especially amongst our youth, they're too comfortable. They have too much. They've been given too much. Isn't it interesting that we call the greatest generation to exist in the modern day and age those who suffered the most? The great generation is those who went through World War II. They were tested. You and I are being tested right now. The scandals in the church, the divisions in our country, the lies of the media, the battle lines are drawn. And you soon are going to have to pick which side you stand on. And if you stand on the side of the church, get ready for a battle. Get ready for a persecution. And what God asks from us is perseverance. And quite honestly, you guys, don't those make the best stories? But it seems like all hope is lost and people still believe And it happens. And they win. God wants all of us to be great. But the only way to do that is for us to feel at times like he's not listening to us. Like he's rejecting us. Like he's flat out rebuking us. But it is only in testing and in trial that we become great. Maybe some of you are sitting here and saying, Father, I've been praying for years for something that still hasn't been answered. My dear people, I have been praying for decades for stuff in my own life that still has not been answered. My mother prayed for 22 years that me and my brother would wake up, grow up, And do something great for this world. Instead of being a couple of losers. And her prayers were answered. And trust me, she met with testing. She was tried in the fires. And she never gave up. And so when you're tested, rejoice. Because it's a call to greatness. God's not playing with us. He's not being mean to us. He's trying to shake us up, wake us up, and pull us out of this life of ease and comfort that we are always in. So trust Him. Persist in your prayer even when you're met with silence or rejection. Because the great news of the Christian gospel is God has the final word. No matter what you go through, if you stay close to Him, you will hear the words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in to your master's joy.